0: Welcome back to another episode of season five of the RAG podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season we're a little bit different how do you as a recruitment leader and founder maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work how do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally and how do you find time for yourself in the madness how do you find time for self-interest for hobbies and self improvement well to help you with this i'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas. So I'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Rag Podcast. Today, I am joined by Matthew Eames, Matthew is the founder of Eames Consulting, Eames Group now as it's known, with a number of entities. Um, another guest that I'm bringing back on for the second time, Matthew came into my first office studio in February 2019, very, very uh, ropey uh, office that was in, in its entirety, um, and we had a really good chat. I listened back to this episode recently, and it was, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, actually, how different the world was back then. At the time, Eames were about 140 staff across multiple global locations, very much office-based insurance, financial services. And Matthew had effectively stepped away from the CEO role. He brought a CEO in who was running the ship and he was doing more business development and new projects. And he was very open about the fact that this this was a direction that he wanted to go down and he was enjoying. Um, However, I know the CEO that he had is no longer with them and... uh, Obviously, since then, we've had a global pandemic and everything's changed. So in today's episode, we talk about the changes both from the business and also Matt's personal life um, and how the business is still 140-ish people. They're just about to launch in the USA, which is amazing. But the business is 20 years old, and I still don't know if I've met a founder with more energy than Matthew Eames. If if you're ever thinking, you know, 10 years in, you want to sell and swim off into the sunset, Um, then Matt's going to prove that, you know, you can still love it just as much on day on, on year 20 as you do in year one. Right. Let's get into today's episode without further ado, Matt, welcome back to the rag podcast. Thank you
1: very much. Sean. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I know. Well, be, be here is not the right phrase anymore, is it? Okay. On this. You know, on it, on here. We, uh, we had a bit of fun before the show just talking about the, uh, the reality of our different. So you came in, in February, 2019. Um, it's funny because I had Josh Rayner um, on the show, who I also interviewed in February nineteen. He was on last week, um, I saw that. and yeah, it was a bit. You know, I've not made. A, you know, I'm not purposely going out trying to find old guests, but it is lovely to have people back on and see what's gone on. And um, so, February nineteen, I've I've listened back, and you you were you were like a 140 man business. You were yep. London, predominantly based, with with multiple offices around the world. Just give us the overview of, of Eames today. So what's the business look like today in, as a company right now?
1: So it's it's pretty similar. I mean, COVID's obviously happened in between. So we, we've, we like a lot of firms, I think we've probably right-sized a little bit through that and then we've grown again. So, you yeah. know, today the business is in great shape. Um, we are hiring, obviously, across all our offices. So if anyone's interested, do get in touch. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, we're in good shape. The business is performing incredibly well. Attrition is at its lowest. Productivity is at its highest. We've just had a, a three-star accreditation, so a world-class, outstanding business to work for in terms of employee engagement. So I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. delighted. I'm absolutely thrilled with you know where we are right now. But you know that that's that's only come really because of the work that we've done previously over the last couple of years, which I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk about. But in terms of headcount, we're pretty close to that number. Actually, across the the offices, um, and, and
0: and have you got the same physical offices as you had back then? We have,
1: yeah. Although uh, I'm delighted to 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 be able to announce that we, we launched, and you probably saw it. We launched in New York on uh, last Monday, yeah. so a yeah. week ago, and wow. that was that was that was something that we'd been looking at for some time. Yeah, I'm really thrilled about that. Actually, as you know, it's a very exciting market. It's big. Um,
0: amazing.
1: But we've taken our time to go into that into that into that us market you know lots of kind of research um talking to lots of people in different states across the us um just to make sure that we go in eyes wide open so yeah we launched last monday we have got plans to grow that business and and others across the us um at some point in the in in the future so yeah why did you choose
0: why did you choose new york as the first stop it was purely
1: around the individual actually i mean you know
0: i think pre-pandemic
1: you probably looked at the us and went you know where do we want to be because you know which jurisdiction do we want to serve but the pandemic's just blown all that apart you know you yeah. speak to people and they've uh, they're now working across the US entirely um from one one state or the talents moved as well so those people that were living in the US uh, in New York for example have moved to Miami because they've taken like people in the UK and other Countries they've taken life-changing decisions to move, so you actually it's made it much more difficult to find the talent. You can't really zone in on New York anymore because no, that you talent, that talent probably is
0: is in Miami now. I'm just so, thinking like well, me. This is like me. I was in London when we last recorded. Now I live in Sheffield, and they do say that Sheffield is the Miami of the UK, right? So, right, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm looking out. Honestly, I'm looking out the window. <laughs> the sun's out today. It is. It's like it's incredible. Similarity to the guys over there. but The weather is actually beautiful right now, and. uh I'm off to I'm off to Key West in two weeks' time near Miami. I'm excited.
1: You know, I know yeah. it. Actually, my brother lives in um, in Florida, so he lives in uh, a place called Wellington, just about half an hour away from Palm Beach. So the keys, oh, amazing, are keys south are from a there. It's a bit of a drive, but uh, yeah, yeah lovely.
0: I'm flying into Key West. So I'm flying from At- to Manchester to Atlanta, Atlanta to Key West. My one of my best mates from university, another a Londoner, he he moved out there in. 12 years ago to play football and then he had a baby and he lives he's a fireman in Key West so oh, wow. I've said
1: I can think of worse places to be a fireman
0: yeah. Yeah. he used to be a jet ski instructor now he's a fireman and a, I was going to say yeah. I don't board. know how
1: many fires there are in Key West and how much work actually gets done
0: But <laughs> I, I think it's more they, they yeah. do have floods and things don't they they had some serious yeah, hurricane quite low level. It? It's quite low yeah he gets a involved in. he seems to be I mean I think he's either really busy or not at all but um 12 years I've said I'll meet him so I'm excited to go and see him Yeah, and take good. the family and. That's going to be wicked. Um, but now I'm excited for your US journey. Tell us, for anyone who doesn't remember the last episode, hasn't listened, yeah. where are your other locations around the world?
1: So the locations we got, we're headquartered in London. Um, so the business started uh, in September 2002, actually. So we're yeah, coming yeah. up to be 20 years old as our wow. kind of the Eames consulting business, which is our contingent business and the biggest part of the group. Um, and then they've got other offices in Asia, so we set that up in April 2010 in Singapore. We chose Singapore over ho- Hong Kong, um, so April 10, 2010 we, we established there and then we went to Hong Kong following that uh, probably about five years ago. Uh, we've got a SECO license in Zurich, so we can trade in Zurich, but we're, it's unmanned, but we can use that to, to trade in the uh, in the Swiss markets and then obviously New York as well yeah. now. So. Um, but that's that's the contingent business. And then we've got a couple of other businesses that sit within the EAMS group as well. So one is a search business based in the UK, um, and that tends to operate internationally. So the team's located in, in predominantly London, essentially. But um, but they transact in the US, actually, across EMEA, and they have done in the US. Mm. Uh, uh, sorry, in Asia. And, um, and then we've got a solutions business as well. So that's kind of project delivery um augmentation type type work because that was
0: when we when we spoke i remember the um, we would have been just
1: starting that i would have yeah
0: thought. you were like literally you just got the consulting business off the ground so you were winning your first few projects you were excited about it you talked about yeah. you know you had a strong obviously associate network that you could That's bring. right in. um so what what where is that what's that business look like today so that
1: that business is matured i suppose you know because I, I think a lot of people went into that space as a as a reaction to, to kind of ir thirty five, I think a lot of people went into that and and thought about it, it, it being quite a useful swerve around that, and and the, the augmentation model took precedent. But we've we've gone in trying to build and focused on building a a consulting business. So you know, taking projects and running them with with where we can permanent employees. So that that business has gone through, I suppose, a mature a maturing curve over the last three years. So I mean, if effectively, we we've We've proven the model it it's worked we've leveraged our network but we've we've focused now on or we are focused now on hiring permanent folk into that business um but it's it's in good shape it's got a huge opportunity we we focused it on the insurance markets because that's where our heritage yeah. is from and it cha- got, is it
0: change change into insurance? yeah it's it's focused
1: on the i t and business transformation market yeah. essentially my old world my old your world. old my, my old world as well
0: mm. it's a great market there used to be Yeah, it is. What were the? There's a couple of players in that space, wasn't there? Like there was the, oh, what are they called now? The, it was just you uh, and me, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it would have been. But in in the in the in the solutions, though, there was obviously you had your big big cap Gemini's and your you know your, yeah. your EY's, But then there was a few insurance bespoke like boutiques, the Oxbow Partners. You know those guys? Oxbow, well, I don't we, yeah. Barrinda yeah, yeah,
1: probably played in that space a little bit, and probably yeah, well they still do. Yeah, some what's of the. the
0: old, what's the old? There was a software product, like a broking system and they had a a consultancy off the back of it. Do you remember?
1: Uh, Yes, yes, I do. Um, And
0: they they still do operate in that space. I know exactly the one you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. But but there's there's a real opportunity there though, isn't it? Because obviously some of the really big projects will go to the the big four but then there's that yeah. there's a big gap within, within that syndicate community there is, gap, and that's, exactly, that? that's exactly that's yeah. exactly the
1: market that we're targeting you're absolutely right so yeah. you know you, you get a small syndicate or you get a you know a medium-sized mga or or yeah, or, yeah a broken business they don't want to use the big firms you know yeah. and it's a little bit like the recruitment market yeah, yeah you know the feedback that you get from clients on on using global institutions to do their recruitment is always the same you know it takes takes a long time they charge a lot of money we don't feel as though the process is being done with us it's not particularly consultative etc and that's the same sort of feedback you get in the consulting space where they're sort of unwieldy you know and and, and the classic of you know the 18 turn up win the pitch obviously and then they they tend to populate the project right folk right and charge charge extraordinary amounts of money for those those individuals and you don't get the sme uh, knowledge and experience that you're really looking for. And I think that's the that's the market and that's the offset for us, is that we've got access to having spent 20 years in that IT business transformation space in the insurance markets. We've got access to SMEs that have been doing this day in, day out. Yeah. And we know, we know who the good people are. We've often yeah. deployed them into client projects. So, you know, they can be referenced. Um, and so for us, that's exciting. You know, we don't want to be pitching against the big four. Um, necessarily, you know, we want to be taking discrete projects where the client says we don't want to use one of the big four, you know, we, but we want to use a partner that we can, that we can work with and trust to deliver this project. So yeah, we've done all manner of, of exactly. projects, which has been, yeah, it is, it is. And we're, we're kind of getting that right. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't, it, you know, it, it's done well and it's profitable and it's in good shape. And, but we're really doing quite a lot of work now around what do we want to be? What's the EVP? Why would people come, you know, want to come and join that business? which is not a recruitment business yeah it's a, no. it's a it's a solutions kind of management consulting if you like business but um so yeah we, we've got work to do but there's huge opportunity and it's in that part of the market that you've just talked about
0: love it so let's go back to 2019 yeah different world a completely different world we're yeah, talking completely. only talking three years but f- by god the world's changed right and um at the time, you had a CEO guy who yep. I'd met and we'd done some work with, and you know, a great guy. I remember working with him closely. Um, And I think what was interesting about the show was that you'd you'd spent what was it seventeen years running the show, but over the last three years, you'd have you'd stepped away from that CEO role. Yeah, that, you picked guy out from Asia. He'd done some work for you on, on in thing in Hong Kong and built an office or something. And, right. yeah. and then he'd landed in the UK and he was the people. You know, he was he was steering the ship while you were doing. Business development, consulting, exec search stuff. You were more market facing. And I think what we what I what I really liked about the episode was that you were really honest that actually where your skills lied at the time, you felt were more on on the front facing side. And it was nice to have someone overseeing the the kind of the corporate message, the bigger, bigger play projects and and the people agenda. So I know guy's no longer with you, right? He went off in the pandemic, I believe, and, and set up his yeah, own. Yeah, it was early 20, actually, February 20. Yeah, yeah. Just before the pandemic, just the last time. Yeah. So what what happened in 2019 with that? Because you, it did seem like you had it all set. It was in a really good place.
1: Yeah, so um, so so guy joined, yeah, you're right from Asia. So and uh, did he set up our Hong Kong office, which was which was great because it's quite difficult finding talent in Hong Kong. And certainly being that remote, but we needed a you know a trusted individual to sort of stand it up. Um but I think, I think, you know, it, it wasn't when Guy came back to the UK, it wasn't an easy few years. I mean, that yeah. was back in 2016. We're just just on the back of 2015, which was our best every year in terms of business right. performance. 2016 was the year that the guy landed back in the UK. We had a referendum as well, yeah. which didn't yeah. didn't necessarily help. Right. So so the following years were tough. And I think. Um, I think broadly it's fair to say that the business didn't perform where we expected it to. Mm. Um, and I think that just, just came to a, to a head for, for, for Guy really that, you know, he's actually gone and set up his own business, you know, which is exactly. a complete change. Yeah. A complete change in the digital space, complete change to running, you know, what was a large business with, with multiple offices overseas. And that's, that's a lot, that's a, that's a lifestyle change in, you know, because you're not managing that many people and you're working from home on your own business. So I think for him, he obviously um, decided that that's what he wanted to do. You know, he'd yeah. been in the industry, he'd worked in two fairly big businesses. Um, prior to us, it was Ambition, which was a bigger business than us, actually. Mm. Um, and then came and joined me in the UK, um, initially working out of Asia. But but for him, obviously, I think it was a choice that he wanted to make to have his own thing. And, this, the, you know, he had a young daughter, still does obviously have a young daughter, yeah. uh, with his wife, Kate. And, I and wise. The,
0: uh, I remember because... I remember when he set up. He reached out. We had a quick chat. Timing-wise, I think at the minute when he said he was doing it, I was like, "You're bonkers, right? You're leaving a stable role or whatever. You're in a you're a CEO of a big company. We're yeah. going through the biggest like we don't know what to expect. The pandemic is is completely the market was good in nineteen though. Wasn't it? Well, and yeah, but,
1: up to February twenty.
0: Well, February twenty, when he was going, I think it was like right, and then and then it, within a month it all changed, right? So yeah, completely. Actually, people that set up that year, the ones that I've known, have done they've they've done well because it leveled the playing field. It, yeah, everyone Remote, everyone, you know, furlough was used. It, did. So yeah, was it did. We'll talk about how you how you dealt with that, but I noticed that the, the 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 playing field was leveled for a bit, and I know it's come back very strongly, but people that started in that time. I think they probably, you know, it wasn't like they were on their own in their underpants at home while everyone else was Yeah, but everyone was. Yeah. No, so they, that that even that thing of starting in your in your back bedroom was everyone was working that way. So it, I think there was an interest. It was an interesting time to do it. I don't. You know, obviously I don't think you could. Yeah, have found It was. What it was, it was, to. It
1: was, it was. good. It was good for, for, for the business because it gave me an opportunity to get closer to the business. So my role previously, you're right. In some respects, was externally facing. I was out in the market in front of clients, but I was also responsible for our executive search practice yeah. and setting up and establishing the the solutions business. So I had two businesses to kind of stand up and kind of oversee if you like um so it wasn't just exclusively you know client facing um but timing wise actually it worked it worked pretty well because ultimately it gave me an opportunity to get very close
0: to the business again you know um which which i did so how Um, did you how did the business react to the pandemic so can you take us back to the that yeah i mean i mean
1: essentially essentially the the world did change didn't it and nobody i mean in some some ways and i i I deliberated saying this or not but i quite enjoyed that year it sounds a bit strange
0: but i think if if we take away the the fact just so I don't want anyone listening and going, what? Like, so Let's take away the fact we were very aware of how bad that year was for people. From a Yeah,
1: absolutely. Level. On a personal level. Yeah. Put that to one side. Yeah, that's not you, what I meant. What I no, meant exactly. was yeah. I enjoyed the challenge of running the business. And I think I'd agree in, with you. the
0: circumstances
1: honest. that nobody knew how to deal with and we'd never seen before. That's the bit that I enjoyed. I, and I, I think I know. I'd, kind of being up against it and that kind of camaraderie from the business. What was
0: it was like? Did you obviously, you closed the did you have the Farringdon office at that point? Yeah, we? yeah,
1: we did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, we only we only recently moved. So yeah. back in the last year, we moved into 12 moregate now. But um, I suppose your question was how we how we dealt with the pandemic, and I and and I think we took action um, pretty quickly. So in March, um, uh, just before the furlough scheme was announced, actually, we we had a board meeting and we looked across the business that people had just joined that were unproven. Um, or perennial underperformers, and did what any other firm would do, which is which is trim some cost and 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 get some people out of the business that we couldn't see um, functioning or performing in what was what was happening very quickly and evolving around us. So it wasn't it wasn't a huge amount; it was you know less than ten percent across the across the group. But we we did act quickly um, to to remove those individuals from the business. Did,
0: that, Before, did they then come back and ask? To be furloughed once that scheme was announced they some some of them did
1: yes but the the answer was negative um it, unfortunately because um for those that have been underperforming as you know the, the the kind of rules around two years of service and it you know brings them back in scope doesn't it so makes it makes that just dis- you know, that decision much more difficult. So it just it just uh, prolongs that decision. So, yes, unfortunately, and a tough decision that I had to make. We did the same um,
0: thing. We only had there's only a couple of people really small, but they they instantly came back and said, actually. Yeah, yeah, and naturally. I said, well, looking back, maybe maybe I made the wrong call, but my decision was it was called the job retention scheme and you didn't have a job at the end. Like I was like, literally, there is no job for you at the end of this. So it, yeah. it would be unfair to it's, it's going against what the scheme's designed for if i genuinely was like i just want to par, park some cost for six months or whatever i would have used it um yeah. again looking back probably for the, for the small amount of people we dealt with we probably would have been a nicer thing maybe to make that but but i'm comfortable with the decision i made at the time with the information i had
1: yeah me too and you
0: have to be don't you i think yeah. if you look back over any sort of you know
1: tough time in your life and business or whatever as long as you can look back and you can kind of feel at peace with yourself about Mm -hmm. those decisions and feel as though they were the right ones then you did the right thing Mm -hmm. and and I do I do too so um, yeah so we we did use the furlough scheme but essentially you know I think the beauty of a recruitment business is you've got a CRM and you can see exactly what people are doing you know versus other industries and you can see those people that are struggling and you can see those markets that are doing okay and people actually performing quite well. And so, you know, we 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 looked at the data, and we just made data-led decisions all the time. We moved our board meetings from from monthly to weekly, yeah. and we moved our director catch-ups, leadership team catch-ups to weekly. And then we had every couple of weeks, we had a um, the board met with the kind of corporate services functions, so that we could make sure that we were across the business. Lots of comms, three times a week, I was communicating with the, with the business globally on business performance and what we're doing, and starting some initiatives you know so i think i think for us whilst we we furloughed the, the the business performed well you know productivity of those individuals that weren't furloughed went through the roof i mean it it doubled right so um and and that's really what kept the business on track you know it was a profitable year for us i'm pleased to report um, and i think for those people that we furloughed we we spoke to them often you know we communicated with them often we started loads of initiatives you know, the focus switched very quickly to firstly, tech enablement, you know, can people work from home? What do they need? So loads of laptops were, were ordered, you know, sort of laptop stands, monitors, all that kind of stuff, checking in and making sure that tech was working and people could actually operate. But then very quickly after that, it was on to wellness and well-being. You know, I, well, I, um, I just
0: touch on the, the work bit, though, before we move into well-being, because I'm interested. Yeah. In you strike me as someone who probably trained in the world that was very office based, like yeah, do I, I, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I don't see you as being particularly open to the whole working from home stuff before the pandemic. I can't imagine that was big on your agenda. Um what the fact that you have to buy laptops and things, you know, it shows the business was heavily leveraged in the office. Do you think how do you personally deal with that transition of trust when it comes to saying, Well, fuck, we're not gonna obviously the CRM tells us what people are doing. I get that, but still yeah. it is still a complete redirection of what you've all you've ever known at that point
1: how do you deal with this so the question is how you deal with the trust thing you, you you just have to right and and I think you you assuming you've got some there before right and I wasn't I wasn't there was no reason for me not to trust anyone yeah. previously so so it wasn't like I was coming from a place where I didn't trust the business to having to trust the business you know I think um ultimately you, you just have to you just have to right so did you learn you've got any you learn, kind of doubt you, learn you a just lot about to. yourself
0: did you learn a lot Sorry? about yourself did you learn a lot about yourself in that period Did I
1: learn a lot about myself um that's a good question uh, probably I mean I worked pretty efficiently from home is the answer uh, whereas before I never had I was in the no. office five days a week and I had a three-hour commute every day so I say 15 hours a week I got a, I got a whole day back Um, and that was extraordinary so in the periods that we were locked down i was i was you know super productive in that regard um but then again i'm a people person and i like being in front of clients so that was that was the difficult i like being in front of my people as well i like Mm -hmm. them to see me as well i'm very visible i'm very active in the business always have been and so that was that was the difficulty but you know you have to then just work in ways that you can maintain that right you have to phone people know uh just just spontaneously to catch up with your your managers and your high performers you have to flick to you know uh teams calls or you know whatsapp or whatever it might be video calls just to try and get that kind of that sense of connectivity and that you just you just you just managed through but very quickly it changed didn't it to being online so and and we we embraced that
0: I'm interrupting this episode to bring a message from one of our sponsors, Vincere, who, um, they're quite similar to Hoxo, I believe. What I love about Vincere is I think we've got very similar visions on the way we do things. And, you know, we do a lot of sharing about customer stories and its successes. And I think they've, they've tried to really share why you should pick them as a business through their customers rather than just talking for the sake of talking. So, what I've been checking out recently, if you go on their YouTube channel, type V I N C E R E on YouTube and have a look at what they've been doing, you'll notice that they've been sharing stories from their community on a weekly basis. And it, what's amazing about this is that the customers have been raving about things like ease, ease of use, configurability. Because look, we're not techies in recruitment, for fuck's sake. There's a reason we are in recruitment, it's because we're probably not the most technical minded in many senses. But Vincere's tool actually is, you know, it's configurable for most people. Um, And they've got all these features now from, you know, video interviewing, all these different areas that they're trying to bring in so that you don't really need to invest in other tech platforms. You can have a one-stop shop solution that will give you everything. Um, But don't just take Vincere's word for it. Watch their YouTube channel. Find out what their customers think. I have found it really interesting and uh, it's been awesome. So check out Vincere on YouTube um and everything's on there i'm i'm genuinely again taking out the, the health agenda aside i'm genuinely pleased that it's the of the of the impact it's had on the sector because genuinely like flexible working was was non-existent really in, in reality before the pandemic it was but there were so many there, there
1: was so much narrative around presenteeism in, in terms of being in the office and if you know you need to be in there putting a shift in eight till It's the only way you're gonna you know that's we well, you know that you and I know that's rubbish yeah yeah right it is rubbish it's about productivity yeah. it's about what you actually get done you know when you're working it doesn't but it doesn't matter where you're working but you know the old school kind of management sort of Philosophy, if you like, was they just wanted to see their team in the office, not scrolling through LinkedIn and yeah. and bashing the phones. But as we know, that's 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 not the answer. And no. so for those died in the wall types, then that's probably a bigger mental shift. But I was open to it, and I'm I'm a big supporter. Of that
0: in a job. way, though, do you think coming back into the leadership role, you know, with with the change of leader yeah. with the Guy, that almost was a great timing because it gives you an opportunity, like. As it's all changing, you could literally go right, like you can. You can rewrite the rules. Yeah, you can focus and yeah. and almost you've come in fresh because you've not you've not been dealing with those one-on-one conversations for the last. Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah. Actually, so you can, in some ways, you can come. You can come in and not be dispassionate because I'm always passionate about the business and and I and I care about the individuals in it too. But you can you can rewrite the rules, and yeah. so and that that was the exciting bit, really. You know that was that. That's what I meant when I said I quite enjoyed it. It was it was yeah. literally being able to rewrite the rules rather than going. This is how we've always worked, and this is how it, all, the industry works. It's kind of irrelevant, right? So, so that was that was that was the good thing. But you know, the, the business performed really well during that period, which is which is great. Um, as I as I, as I was about to talk about, you know, the the, the kind of wellness and sort yeah. of well being thing really kicked in for us. So my I have got a PT. Um, that I still see so and in fact it was it, you know he, he he tried to get me to go online and for the first couple of months I was like this this isn't gonna work. I used to see him in the gym yeah. near the office and it just wasn't working for me but I, I eventually succumbed and, and went online and it and it works right so uh, but just a lot of bands and kind of floor work and body yeah. weight and all that sort of stuff because you don't have any of the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. you have in the gym but I um I got him to do a couple of sessions a week for quite a long time, with online, with with staff. So I, you know, it was kind of we 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 paid for him to do two sessions a week plus a yoga session on a Friday if you weren't into the gym. So that was going on for several months. Great. Um, in in kind of twenty, and then we rolled it over to twenty uh, one as well. Um, loads of lunch and learn, loads of online stuff. We even had a virtual pub, so the Eames Arms, on a Friday where people could get together and, and kind of break off and have a drink with each other, you know, to keep that connectivity. Um, so it was, it was, yeah, lots of fun stuff, right?
0: But lots of checking in. It's and, mad know, think, to think now, isn't it? It's mad now that everything's back to pretty much normal, to think of not being able to just step in a pub or not to jump on a yeah, train. Yeah, I know. It's it amazing is. how quickly you get used to it, isn't it, when it yeah. comes back yeah. and people are yeah. starting I mean, to travel. And, you, you yeah, it, it feels yeah. like a a long well, time in the district. us you know I'm, i've just found out like i put a post up thankfully people replied because I, I couldn't get any information online but you've got to because because my partner's kids are unvaccinated we've got to do we, we've all got to do a 24-hour test before like a lateral yep. flow on video and then That's three it. to five three to five days in the us the kids have got to do a, another one yeah um, we're only actually there for six days so it's like well i don't know if there's any point but we'll do it and then bugger off anyway the next day but yep. um that was quite surprising because I was like, you know, what well, we're still doing that. Like the US is still doing that. The UK yeah. feels like it genuinely has been part. Now it feels like we. Well, in the
1: UK, I think it's different, isn't it? Really. Mm. I mean, we kind of abandoned the rules a while ago, didn't we? Which was <laughs> which was good for us, but we we were we, I think we were one of the first yeah. to do that. But there are other countries, and you're right. You're reminded of that when you get on a plane and start travelling and going, what well, I've got to do a passenger locator form. Yeah, I've no, got to do a this? COVID test? Yeah, not still but, around, right?
0: I'll still take it over what we went through. Um well that's so, right, yeah. So when the business started to come back um to to the to the office then um and you had that opportunity I think if we if we quickly just the, the timeline was March to so I think June. Then we had that eat out to help out time September yeah. October people started coming back and then it we did. got locked down again from November to April. <clears throat> yeah. And that was a really that January to April was the, the was market tough. but the market was booming at that point. Yeah well, so it was like fuck me there's money to be made and then when april 12th hit i remember i went to london went out with my mates sat in this it was freezing out in this pub outside all day with like gloves on but it was like from there on it seemed to kick in how how have you bounced the business back from an operation perspective because i think when you're always in or you're all out it's quite straightforward yeah and the challenge is that people are different different ages different lifestyles want different things how have you guys managed the coming back together and having having the freedom to to make decisions and, and not be locked down
1: so i think we, talk, we 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 kept the office open as much as we could legally obviously you know yeah. and 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 the key thing was that there were lots of people that could didn't have a working environment you know where no. they could work properly so they wanted to be in the office. And I think from a kind of wellness perspective, you know, working and sleeping in the same room is is, is not great right, for anyone. So those in shared accommodation, those in flats, et cetera, that's just not the right sort of environment. So they, they were they were in the office and making use of the office. And I was going up to the office occasionally as well. But, you know, the, the numbers were relatively small, I suppose. How have we managed coming back in? I mean, lots of lots of talking to the business, lots of feedback you know, what do you want? How do you feel? You know, what what, do you, what are your concerns? I mean, we, you know, we absolutely went overboard on just making sure that everyone was comfortable coming back into London, traveling, you know, cause there was still that kind of air of, it's not really safe and wonder if I get COVID and, mm. and all that, you know, that was still around. It was, so, you know, we we had the office deep, you know, cleaned, deep cleaned every week and it was cleaned twice a day and disinfect, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and we just, I think we just, we felt that if people, came back in there would naturally be a bit of a movement and there was you know as soon as you go back in and people start you know saying that they've been back in the office and saying how much they've missed it and how productive their day been and how great it's been to get back into London for example there was just a bit of a growing movement but then we we, we had to obviously deal with right what you know moving forward are we going to be five days in the week and, and we're not so yeah you know, how do you how do you manage it? And what is there any so rules? It's three days, it's three days in the week. We, we tried because of the because we moved. You, you talked about Farrington, We moved, in fact, conveniently our lease came up. So it was fifteen years we were in that
0: office. Remember, yeah. It so beautiful.
1: it was we signed a, signed a ten year lease, then we signed a second ten year lease, and we had a five year break. And that break clause we had to exercise in March of of, of twenty one, then then move out in September of twenty one. So it was perfect timing. And, and we decided to, to serve notice on the lease and then start looking around the city um, at, the, at the kind of middle of last year, so sort of June of last year, whatever, that sort of time. And we, we basically looked at long leasehold properties and we looked at agile working spaces and we chose a wheatwork work uh, purely, purely because we've got our own floor. Um, and we like the environment. We like the kind of WeWork um, kind of philosophy, I suppose. It gets you into their network. We're going to use it in the States as well. Yeah. Um, but it also gave that. us, it gave us flexibility. So we, hmm. signed a, we signed a two-year lease. Um, is, it smaller, we wanted... is it smaller than you had? In, in <laughs> yeah, time. it is, and that's the point, right? So we, we had 7,500 square feet in Farringdon two floors, and now we've got about 4,300 square feet in, 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 um, in morgates and so we have to um, we have to uh, get teams to come in at certain times during the week and rotate them around a little bit to make sure that we, we get full use of that space. I mean, Could everyone- break, Can it. people
0: break out into co-working if they need to? Like, so you have the yeah, Yeah, so
1: the, the space that we've got has got big, you know, it's got a boardroom, it's got three meeting rooms, it's got um, mm-hmm. phone yeah. booths as well, which are brilliant actually for just yeah, a quick yeah. Zoom call if you want to get off the sales floor. Um, but the space is great. And then within that building, there's, there's co-working spaces and there's breakout spaces, but also with the WeWork network, it sounds as like I'm a sponsor. Uh, it's uh, you, that you can go and use other office spaces if you need to. So if you've got a mm-hmm. client, that, that wants to meet in a different part of the city, you can just get on the app and book a room over there and get them to come in to that office. So actually, you know, the pressure on the office whilst it's there, it's abated slightly by spreading people around in that co-working kind of philosophy. But yeah, it's it's working so far. It's great. The, the, the business is in in terms of location. It's a fabulous location. So twelve more gates, kind of close to Bank Station. Farringdon was was brilliant when I first went there in two thousand and six because it was the fringe of the city. It was a bit edgy. Yeah. Um, uh, but and and I went there because the rent was cheaper but uh but you know fast forward 15 years the rent's exactly the same yeah, price as the city well. the rise yeah. of Park
0: well and so it's incredible really I mean really popular space right Are you what's cost comparable for we work in a smaller to space save, actually the same because what we were saving in
1: fact so we had we had the same effectively the same we were paying the same rent as the city but we didn't have um significant rates because we it, was, right. it wasn't we didn't have a 24 man hour uh, you know sort of manned reception if you like and all of those kind of things so actually it's it's pretty much the same so we've gone from seven and a half down to four thousand three hundred bucks the the quality of this space has improved
0: so yeah and you've got all the amenities and you've got yeah you've um, got all of that as well just yeah. bigger cleaning involved and i imagine fixed, yeah all involved. of that yeah, yeah. All of that, yeah. We were in the workspace in in Bethnal Green when um, we went from that really raw place. You, you which came I came to. to, that was fucking rough wasn't it. That was literally... <laughs> like I look back sometimes, thinking that was hilarious. Like you got to start somewhere, though. Yeah, the cafe outside was was very ropey, but it was great. Um, and then we moved to workspace in Bethnal Green at the Pillbox, which is cool. Yeah. But we had to have our own cleaner and the cafe. Was yeah, we had, had a, buy, exactly. Yeah, you had to buy your own coffees and all that, and it. It wasn't. Um, it was cool, but it wasn't quite. And then now we have global WeWork licenses, so we've got a team in Joburg, Cape Town, London, um, and it is. I was in Cape Town last month, and it is literally yeah, so, right. the, the culture is the same. You walk in, it's the same kit, it's the same stuff. Yeah. Um, in Manchester, I had my own space. Now I'm in Sheffield. I've took a. I've had to take a different company because, unfortunately, the Miami UK we work doesn't there? have WeWork. What, can yeah. you believe it?
1: Well, they, so you know what it's like, right? It's there's there's, there's definitely some some benefits to it. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, whether, you know, the agile working and the pandemic has played into their hands a little bit, but uh, we like the space.
0: How do you find, how do you find the kind of, because everyone talks about the challenge now is you bring someone more junior into the sector. And typically they would have been surrounded by top performers. They would have been listening a lot. Training was a lot, very physical. Now you've got people still want that junior community because that's the scalable model. But, a lot of your, yeah, but, but I reckon a lot of your top guys will be mature, they'll have families, they'll be living out of the sticks. They'll, are they going to want to come in as much? They're probably going to be less likely to be spending as much time in the office. So how are you finding that challenge?
1: Yeah, you're right. So I think with, with ACs or junior recruiters that need training, then you need to try and get them into the office as much as you can. But, you know, you need to be cognizant of the fact that anyone asking anyone to be in the office five days a week is already on the back foot from the wall yeah. for talent, right? So we don't... Um, our preference is they're in four days a week, um, and that's really to, to make use of the facilities there, right? Number one, as we've just talked about, mm-hmm. you know, so that they get they come into the city, uh, and and they're in an office environment. But then then we we have to make sure that the the manager is in as much as possible. But you're right that often those managers are now taking advantage of two days from home, so they're not mm-hmm. they're not always in. Now we leave it down to the manager to manage their own ACs the way they see fit, right? So we don't have a Kind of, um, you know, a standard process around that. But we, 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 we make sure that the ACs um, are, are effectively, they make use of the office space. So they're trained in the office. So we have a, we have an internal L and D function, and we make sure that you know, if the manager isn't going to be in, then the ACs will come in and they'll do, they'll do training sessions in the office. Because I think the things that you can't replicate so easily are the, the the kind of human contact the things around you know specifically training i think has to be it's better done in person of yep. course you can jump on a zoom call um but i don't think it's the same so all the things that i think are beneficial by being in person we try and do in the office and that's the the, the kind of approach that we've taken to to have what i found um,
0: when i interviewed the guys from the the 11 groups you got storm 2345 and it's growing they're, they're the fastest the fastest growing recruitment firm in the world at the minute it's insane what they're doing the the way they've they are pretty aggressive with the with the office i think they're giving people i don't know if they give the day from home i don't know if they do i need to remember they'll figure that out but the one thing they do do is they set up operationally like there's like pillars to the to the support that are always on the floor so for example there's a high performance coach always on the floor so even if your boss isn't in Put, there's someone answering questions sitting at your desk supporting you all the, they just literally are on the floor all day every day and i yeah. think thinking more like you got the manager and the coach and the first team coach i think is a quite a clever yes way it to is. Do it. Um, yeah it is
1: and it's similar it's similar to what we do but probably not as aggressively if you like yeah. but um you know ultimately there's always somebody get in the office whether it's a high performer or a, a another manager you know and we just encourage people to make sure that they both ways you know that the acs yeah. go and ask for, for help if they need it and either there'll be a an, an d person there or another manager that they can go and talk to if they need some advice or input or well, they just pick up the phone to their current manager but i yeah. think you're right it's it's so we're, we're we're trying to balance it off at the moment but it's 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 it seems to be working and i think ultimately i don't think we'll see a return to 5 days um mm-hmm you know, just across the industry and, and, in, and across our clients as well. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the thing we've had to deal with challenges around that, because I think what happens is um, trying to get in front of clients, physically in front of clients, the, the difficulty is that actually on the days that they're in the office, they're booked out in internal meetings because they want to do the face-to-face meetings because they're the important ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So actually, it's really hard. Is to the, get is
0: the hard. Lloyds market culture of beers, coffees, like buzzing around? Leading all. It's it's definitely yeah, it's
1: definitely improved. I mean, even you know, uh, most of last year, I think you know it came back pretty aggressively. Right. So uh, the less less of the beers thing, I think more of the coffees thing. But yeah, the city you probably. Well in fact you probably haven't seen it but yeah the the the, the, the coming back into London it's in it yeah, the last couple of times
0: better. I've been it has felt more normal but I think even, even the way the market worked you know the 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 Lloyd's building and the, the way the brokers walked in yeah. they would you know I worked on the platform placement project the PPL when yeah. that was you know 5 years ago trying to trying to go to electronic trading and they've been doing it for years I mean it's so backward in the way that they trade still is that trying, still, yeah. Are they still still is all that still face to face uh, yeah, it, well, pretty much. I mean, ultimately,
1: I think for the Lloyds market, it was a bit of a shock. So, you know, the CEO, John neil uh, Lloyds had to to try and get things online as, as quickly as they could. And they just, a lot of it was probably done through Teams and Zoom, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, in terms of the, the throughput on PPL, I, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, they're still <laughs> grappling with that. But as you know, yeah. it's an old... It's an old market, isn't it? And it's, you know, the sort of face-to-face culture is so deeply embedded. But there is a scramble to digitalize absolutely across yeah. the market. And I think people are taking one look at what Lloyds are trying to ask them to do, but they're also doing their own things.
0: And that's good for you, isn't it? Because that, that means change, which is... Yeah,
1: cha- absolutely. Technology investment, um, change across the business. So, yeah, it's, all, it's that market is busy, certainly busy. Lots of demand.
0: Amazing. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to talk about for the remainder of the episode, the first thing is around the market right now. And, you know, the signs of a potential, everyone's talking about a recession. I put a post last week, which wasn't intended to scare consumer confidence, but genuinely I have three and a half thousand Academy members. I ask the question on every session, what's the market like? And my, my question is really is, you know, I, I then break it more specific. Is the job flow the same? Are you finding changes in the candidate confidence or community? And it's not alarming yet but I'm definitely seeing more recruiters tell me that the job flow is slowing down slightly it's, it's, yeah. it's becoming more back to normal as opposed to negative but what what have you seen?
1: yeah exactly the same really it's 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 um it's slowed a little um but but uh, you know ultimately it depends who you ask about a recession right so um, as to whether there is going to be one or not but ultimately also, what does that really mean for the recruitment industry, right? Because we're only talking about negative GDP growth for two quarters. So, but that, you know, what impact does that actually have? I mean, recession is this scary word. um, And, uh, you know, we, I think we associate it with, you know, markets changing rapidly and, you know, you know, redundancies and everything else, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it could be a, it could be a short recession it could be it could be a shallow recession it could be a deep recession i mean you know we that that's the key but ultimately just on the job flow yeah the job flow has cooled a little bit yeah absolutely and we're in candidate short markets in most of our disciplines you know that's the challenge so what we're seeing from that is obviously you know buybacks counter offers um that we didn't see at the start of last year because you know that was a different market plentiful jobs lots of candidates but you know having having then had 12 months of that obviously you know we're getting into a candidate short market and it's about educating clients you know how to best go about recruitment because some of them coming out with with salaries that are just not right for where the wage inflation has gone to in their in their sector so um yeah we'll, we'll see we'll just have to see what happens i suppose You know, have I'll you seen
0: do you think the wage inflation Is that sustainable? Because there's also the element I was reading about again on LinkedIn about how what do you do when you start buying? buying talent. At yeah. rate. What, what do you do with all your existing members of staff? You know. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it becomes a challenge,
1: doesn't it? I don't yeah. think that we've seen that necessarily permeate. Well, we have and we haven't seen it permeate into the recruitment market. But if you're talking about clients, obviously, yeah, it becomes a problem. Is it sustainable? Your question? No, of course, it's yeah. not right. It's just it's just nuts, particularly with with everything else. Inflation going up, cost of living going up. And, you know, it's going to put pressure on the cost base, isn't it? For every business in recruitment, I think um, think we've certainly seen it but we've we've always seen people trying to move around the industry um and and their salary expectations are just completely out of kilter either with the market or their or their own ability right Mm -hmm. so uh coming back to your point about organic growth you know we've always been a big supporter of acs because you can train people to do things in the way that you feel best suits the market and why we've been successful as a business right and it gives you it gives you that continuity in terms of bringing those people through through the culture and giving them opportunities to lead or manage um teams in the future but you know the market's the market's tough to hire at the moment you know there, there aren't many people because lots of people are busy being successful and when people are busy being successful they don't entertain a conversation about moving yeah you know, why would they right so so that market is tight as well and and also you know when you, when you come to hiring as you'll know when you come to hiring i suppose experienced people it's 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 a it's a 50 50 you know chance really of those individuals bringing what they say they're going to bring to your business and that's always the lottery isn't it so you know we do quite a bit of due diligence quite a bit of testing you know in terms of psychometrics and and a structured interview process for experienced hires the same for the same for inexperienced hires because ultimately you don't want, you want to get it right more often than you get it wrong, right? So the more you can do around that, I think the better. But, you know, you the think, focus your, is very you think
0: earlier on in your career, you made that you made some bigger errors in that space I think like, oh, as, an early, made, as an early as an early we've always area.
1: made hiring errors I think I put a post out recently about you know hiring with the the head and the gut and all that kind of thing you know and we've all gone on gut occasionally haven't we because you you know hope is the biggest killer in recruitment it's uh, <laughs> somebody I work with tells me regularly and uh, you know the point is that you just hope and I'm I'm an optimist because you know and and I always look for the best in people so occasionally you do you you want it to work out but but ultimately, if it's flawed in some way, it's just not going to work. So, yeah, we've we've always done that. And, uh, you know, well, we've always done that. We've 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 I think everyone can say they've made hiring mistakes.
0: Yeah. And hopefully you make less of them as you get older. Now, but yeah. you'll still make them. I think the, the, the challenge is that people always know how to interview so well because they've been in the game. Well, that's it. And talk, <laughs> yeah. and...
1: Well, that's that's it. They've been overprepped, you know, they yeah. you know, and they, they say all the things you want to hear you know, working really hard, you know, my, Philip, my billing figures are X, I'm always in the office, whatever it might be, you know, and you've got to look through that and you've got to go for evidence-based
0: interview techniques, right? Yeah, for sure. Our second sponsor is always District 4. Um, District 4 have worked with me, um, I've been a partner to this show for a long time, and they are designing, designing a business that effectively wants to give recruiters their time back and also allow them to start a business. So do you want to have more time? Do you want to build more money? Do you want to spend more time with family? Do you want longer weekends? Well, all of v 4s members have found that, you know, they don't have meetings and commuting and all the unnecessary shite that a lot of recruitment businesses put their teams through, especially when they start and they think they have to keep all of the structure that they've had before. Sometimes for people like you, and some, I mean, I'm a bit like that. I like to wake up and just, know I can control my destiny on a given day. And District 4 allows you to do that. So if you're somebody who wants to start a recruitment business or has already started and is struggling to scale um, in the way that you want to, not the traditional way, then get in touch via www.district4.io forward slash hoxo. Check out what they can do. So the, the pandemic's not only changed the business but it's changed obviously your role changed. So yeah. as a human being now, I want to think about you as a person and as a as a as a leader. What's the role like for you these days? Because as I said, you you were open about your strengths and actually that at the time you preferred having someone else at the helm of other things. What do you what are you responsible for in 2022?
1: So I'm I'm back in as as founder and CEO of the, the yeah. of the businesses. So I've got all of them reporting to me and ultimately you know, the way that we've made it work so successfully, I think, is is making sure that I've got the right team around me and the right structure. Um, so one of the changes that I made um, pretty much immediately uh, back in February um, 20 was was bringing somebody that had been with the business in an HR capacity back into the business, created a new role as chief people officer, mm-hmm. uh, responsible for people and performance. Um, so Ruth Foster. Yeah came back in and I appointed her to the board in that capacity and and what that's allowed me to have is the immediate team around me and my finance director that looks after finance and ops and then Ruth looks after the people and performance piece and, and I think between us we've got the right combination of skill sets um, so in the UK we don't have a UK CEO obviously or an MD and then all of the leaders will report into me so there's a manageable number in the UK and I've got obviously I've got Dan that runs Asia for me as well, and then the new report obviously David yeah. in in New York. How many York.
0: people is that? How many people yeah. in total report to you? So
1: that's about. So that's a great question. Um, that's I try not to think about it, Sean, <laughs> if I can. But um, there's there's about seven or eight that report directly into me yeah. in that capacity. And it's, it's, it's okay. And then I've obviously got others that I, I, I have contact with as well. And, you know, it, I think the, the point was that we looked at the structure and said, how are we going to make this work? You've got two choices. Do you go and replace or do you do it? And if you're going to do it, how do, you, how do you structure the business to make sure that you are giving them what they need and you're getting enough visibility across the business? And that was something that Ruth drove, definitely. And we, we, we agreed that we, it was manageable, you know, in its current form. And it's and it also gives me the visibility of the business as well which is what i needed when i came back in um having focused on the other two businesses. what are you
0: not able to do now that you
1: were doing when oh, guy? Was- well it's it's the, uh, the bit that suffered probably is the is the external um business development aspect uh i still do it um but but certainly i've got less time to do it than i had previously because i had probably about 50 percent of my time was was out in front of clients.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, And the rest was was managing the other two businesses. So that bit suffered.
0: But it's for the for for the for the right reasons.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. For the right reasons. I think, you know, I think ultimately the focus has to be on the business and my, my reports, I've got to, I've got to give them the time that they need and spend enough time with them to, to help them with their businesses. Um, and in any way, impart any kind of knowledge or coaching that I can around what needs to be done. But um, ultimately, the business has a very capable senior leadership team, you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate to have that. And it's, it's a team that's been with me for a number of years. So ultimately, they can take up that kind of external client-facing piece. All of our directors in the UK are sales directors, if you like, so they're out in the market anyway. Um, so really, they're picking up the slack. And you know what I've done is just choose to keep in touch with with those clients and those individuals that either want to continue that contact with me or are significantly important to the business yeah. that that require that that kind of input from it.
0: So what what does an average week look like for you? How do you structure yourself? Um, how I, I wish I'd say I was in charge of my own diary, but I'm probably not. I'm not in
1: charge of my own diary. Um, the average week is um, quite a lot of internal meetings, essentially. You know, we have a, a, a structure where we catch up with the directors formally once once a month. So we'll go through a kind of dashboard session um, with those individuals. So that's an hour for each of the reports, um, just around that, maybe an hour to an hour and a half. And that's that's a complete drains up on on their team performance individuals activity clients you know net fee income sales strategy hiring is is, is hugely important at the moment as well so prc pipeline um, gaps in their team etc so so that tends to take up quite a lot of time on a on a monthly basis mm. and then in between that it'll be strategic projects you know we're still working on quite a bit of um stuff so having uh, kicked off a number of things at the back end of 20, uh, 2020 and into 21 around our sort of vision and, and values and purpose. Um, you know, there's there's obviously a focus on uh, productivity, tech stack. You know, the US is obviously a big focus for us as well. So, um, you know, learning about that um, and hiring, getting the hiring pipeline in place so that that business as well is is really important. So it's, it's, it's kind of 90% of it is internal, um, either one-to-ones, uh, or, or group meetings about a particular topic um or kind of you know tactical projects that we're doing at the moment and then you know board meetings on a monthly basis as well going to
0: the diary as well. Do you have a is it a PA manages your diary day to day? She does very effectively. Yeah. Jess what? How, how, how far in advance do you know what your day looks like? did you get did you like is it night before week before how, no how, no how, no it doesn't it
1: doesn't change it doesn't tend to change that um that 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 immediately so i can i can scroll ahead and see exactly what the week is looking like yeah but um but jess who you know runs my diary very efficiently and um you know I, it, it is amazing that uh, you know the 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 value that that brings to to me is is, is incredible you know it's important just to be super organized and and prepped and ready and whatever but um yeah i'll know what the week looks like um you know and i'll try and come to london i mean you know a few weeks ago i was in london four days a week um for about three weeks back to back and actually this week i'm only in once yeah um it's because all my meetings are external uh, in terms of online this this week we've got this obviously but the the other ones are internal you can do those you can do those online, but uh, I was in town largely because I was in front of people, either interviewing, meeting
0: clients, etc. So, what well, do you think is it really the sweet very... spot? If you had to choose, like the amount of time in the office and out, what's the sweet spot for you personally? That's a good question. That is a good question. I think three days is a really comfortable
1: amount, actually, and not necessarily Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I and mean, when you drive to the station, and on Monday, right, and the station car park's empty pretty yeah. much, but you yeah. go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's yeah. it's pretty full, yeah. and then Friday is the same as Monday. So is it an hour
0: and a half train? Or is it it is, hour? yeah. So my, my
1: my journey in door-to-door is, is, is about an hour and a half. Yeah, now I've got to drive and then I've got, you know, just a short journey at the other end. So three hours yeah. a day was what I was doing. So during the pandemic, obviously, I was getting almost a day back um, in its entirety, as we talked about earlier. But, um, but, yeah, it's okay. It's manageable, completely manageable. You know, and I chose to move out here um, to the countryside probably six years ago you know and that was a, that was a good choice uh, for for us and it's and it's great but i love being in london i love the buzz of london i love being in the office i love seeing clients
0: um so yeah 3 days but not necessarily tuesday wednesday thursday either it's quite nice to mix it up a little bit yeah and how has it impacted your life at home like so you genuinely are around more bet, More you've been yeah, more matured, more matured, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Try and get out those as much as I can. Um, no, look. On a, on a serious note, I mean, you know, it's, be, it's been great to be around and do what everyone else has done, which is that work-life balance. You know, mm. I mean, you know, I don't expect, you know, I don't, I don't expect, and I don't imagine that people are up at their desk at kind of seven thirty every day. If they want to go and walk the dog or go for a run, great absolutely great as long as they're just being productive during the day that's all that really counts and I'm you know I don't want to I don't want to even see when they're clocking on or clocking off it's irrelevant to me it's totally irrelevant what I care about more is that they're being productive and they're looking after themselves you know that's the main thing and that's that's kind of how how I've managed to kind of get through this and how I continue to to kind of you know carry on looking after myself it's so important do you think your
0: life outside of work has been impacted by this this change like do you think there's whether relationships with family or whatever is is there a is there a difference in you do you believe now than perhaps when you were every day going to london
1: yeah i think so look i'm around i'm around a lot more so i'm certainly seeing a lot more of my wife and my kids you know so the good thing is that i can take the kids to the bus in the morning whereas before i might have been on the train Um, and she would have had to have done the school run and stuff like that. So sharing that, I think, is 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 an obvious one. But also just seeing the kids in the morning or or mm. being around to pick them up off the bus and ask how their day was. You know that that sort of stuff is, how is really are kids? meaningful. It's really meaningful. You know. So my did
0: you ask how old they are? Oh yeah, how old are you kids?
1: So I've got an eighteen year old who's currently sat upstairs at the moment trying to be really quiet for this podcast and um and he's doing a good job um so he's just finished his a levels and he's taking some time out um so i'm trying to get him some work experience basically and show him the big bad world out there um so he's enjoying that um and then i've got one that's just doing gcses as well so he's 16 so um he's actually got his first um gcse today biology wow. exam yeah. yeah he's got uh, one tomorrow and one on friday and then my daughter Anna, who's 12 so she's just singing and dancing her way through life at the moment completely oblivious to what is a gcse yeah, yeah. and yeah. exam so yeah three kids which is enough um and uh it's been they great must to be. spend they the time must be with. loving
0: it though they must be loving it because they would have only ever known you to be yeah up early back late <laughs> that, like weekends all around i'm sure but yeah you're right You must love that
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah no there's a lot to be said for that and it just allows me to kind of snatch some time with with either my my eldest one or you know certainly the weekends were normally sacrosanct mm-hmm. a little bit for me and there was there wasn't a huge amount of work that i could do on a weekend anyway so mm-hmm. i was always around at the weekend and in fact, you know, I always afforded myself a little bit of flexibility. I wasn't like previous guests you've had, you know, kind of leaving at five in the morning, coming back at eight at night or whatever. When I was in London, when I started the business, I was up and I got, I, I made the kids breakfast. And, and then I would leave, you know, to walk to the office, which was only in Hammersmith at the time. Yeah, so yeah, I saw yeah. them in the morning and then my commute home was only five minutes anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I would see them in the evening. So, you know, I've never been that absent dad, you know, that's no. always been working. So... You know, and I've managed to maintain that balance, you know, and it's, it's been good. It's, there's a lot to be said for that, if you can manage that. But um, so, yeah, they're seeing a bit more of me during the week, I suppose, um, which is which is a good thing. And I've, I've really enjoyed the flexibility. You know, there's I think there's certain things that you need to do when you're not being distracted, you know, that you need to focus on. And, and working from home has been fantastic for that. Um, and then there are certain things that we've talked about as well that are just so much better done in person in yeah. the office.
0: Yeah, agreed. What final few questions around, like, what? I just find it fascinating. Like, you're 20 years in into owning your own business. Uh, You know, you you work for other firms before. You've been doing this a long time. You know, you've got a great life, you got a great family, you got a great house. Why the hell are you working? Like, like you, you literally, the energy coming from you on this call. I know, I can see it. Like, you're buzzing, you love it, but. Where? why? Like what, what are you, what's, what's it all for now? Like you could just literally go and play golf or something. Like what, what I is could, genuinely I could, making you but, work? I, I could, I've just, I never took up golf actually largely right. because it was just too much time
1: out of the office.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I understand the business benefits of it, but no, I was never a big fan of that. I can get around the course, but not, yeah. not particularly well. Why am I still doing it? Um, it's, it becomes, it becomes a bit of a legacy thing. You know, you kind of start the business and, and I started it without a business plan, you know, and, uh, didn't really have a strategy about where we were going, just went at it really hard, knowing that this was the right way and I could create something. And then obviously very quickly you realize you do need a strategy. And in fact, it's good to have a vision and a yeah. purpose because that's what people really um, need, you know, to feel um, connected to. Um, why am I still doing it? Um, because there's just challenges all the time. That and I and I said, you know, which you you know qualified my statement on the pandemic. I, I love being up against it. You know, that was a that was a very kind of challenging but really quite an exciting time around decision-making. And at the moment, it's, it's the market's good, yeah, but there's still, we've got a new challenge. You know, we've just launched in the US. And I, I really want to make a success of that office before I can even think about taking more time out to do golf. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, that's a huge market. Um, you know, we are a good recruitment business and we've got a good reputation. And for me personally, the challenge of making sure that the business performs Um, and continues to perform now at its best ever levels which is I think a testament to the team certainly but something I'm super proud of Um, we've got to keep that going but also we've got to make a success of the US and 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 the other business units you know so I'm sort of driven by I'm driven by that it's not an ego thing really because I'm quite you know I'm not egocentric I I don't solicit kind of, you know, media attention is, you know, I've only been on here twice. I've been yeah, asleep, yeah. But, You know, I'm not I'm not big on that stuff. It's not important to me, really. um But it's about it's about the business and and, and I think there's just more to do. There's more to do, and more to be achieved. And that's that's what's driving me at the moment. Plus, I'm just wait. I mean, can you imagine the disaster that would happen if I just put my boots up? I mean, you know, my wife yeah. would be having none of it, yeah. you know, as much as she quite enjoys me being at home. I've got just too much energy, really. And I need to expel that in the right way, which is yeah. which is on the business. You know, that's yeah. I can't wait to get on a plane to get out to Asia. It's been a long time since I've been out there and I can't mm. wait to get on a plane to get out to the US um, and and kind of absorb that market. But no, that I've got too much energy and I think too much to give for now just to step back. You know, and obviously I've stepped back once and that didn't that didn't work necessarily for me. So. Um, and for the business. So I, I, I'm, I'm just really enjoying the role at the moment, and I'm, I'm enjoying the market.
0: I like it. I think it's it's brilliant to see, like I say, 20 years in the game, you've still got the energy. It's funny because I've interviewed so many people, and you know, we, everyone's got their own agenda. Everyone's doing it for their own reasons. A lot of people want to exit and make millions and swan off into the sunset, and that's fine. But the the majority of people that I've interviewed that have actually done that, I'd say majority have said, <coughs> it, was underwhel- it was underwhelming. Yeah, they do it again because... You know, the guy, Mark Zanowski, who sold the staff group was like within a year, he started his next venture because he was yeah, like, I mean, literally. I mean, never say never.
1: I mean, but that that's I can see that happening, you know, yeah. so it needs to be carefully orchestrated. And ultimately, you know, it doesn't have to be a full exit, does it? It could be a role no. again. You know, you could remain in. I mean, if you do a good job on the earn out, they might want you to stay around. You know, I mean, that's, you know, there's loads of different ways of constructing an exit. Right. But. Yeah, I'm, I look, I've got loads of energy. The business is in great shape. We've got so much to do. We've got a full agenda, um you know, in terms of what we want to try and achieve this year and next year, because we've got as part of our kind of future Eames three-year plan, we're in the second year of that. So we've got this year and next year, and and and, and it's yeah, it's all really good. So where insights. does that
0: Where does that get you to the point? That'll be a final question: is where Where does that get you? So the three-year plan. Where are you going to be in an ideal world at the end of that?
1: where are we going to be so physical locations probably similar um we we are considering one more which would be over in um on the continent so it probably germany would be the obvious place but Mm. it's not entirely necessary headcount wise we've got um and we put it out there a while ago actually we've got to hire 100 people as part of that that three-year plan which is quite a significant number Mm. um we're, we're there or thereabouts at the moment in terms of on track but that is that is a um that's a big number to go for and then financials well you know probably indiscreet of me to talk about but bigger than we are at the moment you know the business has performed you know incredibly well and we're we're ahead of we're ahead of last year in fact we're about 45 percent ahead of q1 last year this year which is great um and the run rate is strong Um, but, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we'll see what the rest of the year brings. We touched on a recession. There could be one, right? So um, ultimately, we've just got to bank as many months ahead of budget as we can, and we've got to make sure that the business is readied and prepared for kind of every eventuality. You know, you don't want to get complacent. You don't want your people becoming... You know, farmers where they don't understand how to BD. You've got to maintain your kind of client strategy in terms of acquisition strategy and candidate strategy. So you just got to you just got to be ready, right? You just got to be ready for those eventualities. But yeah, it's it's about growth with a few kind of strategic goals woven into it, basically.
0: Well, I'm delighted to find out that things are going so well. Um It's been a great, you know, I'd love I love having guests back on. I think it's something I will do more of is get some of the earlier guests on because it's it's just great to see the development and the changes and, and check back in. And, I, and I, I, like I say, let's get a part three in the diary in a year or two. Let's find out how things go. Yeah, um, I'd love to love to come well, back on. I really appreciate yeah.
1: being invited back. So it's good to see you and it's good to hear your business is going well as well.
0: Absolute pleasure. Yeah, we're going all right, mate. We're, we're in a good shape. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am I'm think the pandemic for us as well as as genuinely fast forwarded kind of the appetite for what we do and, and actually people understanding how important their online brand is. So um, previously people were it's, it's it's funny because in the last year the the sector has experienced such amazing results that in some instances people have been like we just don't need it yet like, yeah. we don't, we, you know we're printing money why the hell do we need to change but I think what the pandemic taught us is we can that's never extreme. rely on we can't rely on anything you've got to keep building yeah keep, like that's the thing about me I'm not even like, there'll be people on LinkedIn who do more who do better than me but I show up every day like you 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 don't miss me on a day like I'm always fucking there and I will always you be are. And that is my strategy, right? I'm consistency will win, and that's why I teach people. That's what my methodology is, and 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 I think that's what you've proven over 20 years. You you know you you show up every day, whether you're at every not, day, you are home or not.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for that and the success of the business and the philosophy across the business. But on your point about marketing, and we 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 invested really heavily in 20 so the back end of 20 when the world was still in the you know in the midst of the pandemic we we kicked off a a large scale brand refresh as yeah, sarah yeah, will tell right. me uh, and and went down this you know went down we going and go vision values and purpose we've got to get this nailed so that people understand why we show up every day you know and get and get and give them that purpose of you know why they're working from their current kitchen table or whatever it is but that connectivity to the business knowing full well that things will change and things will come back but I felt it was slightly lacking, and it needed to be redefined. And it was a it was a great opportunity to do that. So we kicked off a you know pretty extensive and expensive program of work around that. And I'm delighted that we did. I think the timing was great. But to your to your point, I think that and it's probably it's probably a question for another podcast around you know the the connectivity around recruiters' roles and how much of it is actually marketing related. Is, is so significant and it's 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 become so much more significant over the last and you'll tell me longer but yeah five six years people and those that get it are really doing well from that and those that no. don't it's you mad. know
0: just it, won't it's, it's it's literally that the hardest thing about it is the people and I, this will be the final point because i don't we, we've got things on but the people that would make more from LinkedIn are the experienced people, right? Those yeah. with those with gravitas, those with relationships, those with networks, those with experience, they would absolutely fly. Like there's a guy Kyle Winterbottom who's coming back on the show. Oh, no, I trained yeah. him. Kyle used to work. He works for. He owns a agency to called to Orbition. He um he's now in the top 100 most influential data people in the world yeah. in the UK. He's been invited on podcasts, books. He, he's quoted in books. His brand is insane. He gets every 100% of his revenue in 18 months has come to him. And because he's got the stories, right? But the majority of the senior end of the market don't want to, they don't want to change. They want it's like insurance, you know, they've always worked a certain way. And then you have all these juniors coming in who are really open to it. But the yeah. challenge they have is they look up and no one in their agency is doing it at a senior level. So it's yeah. like, that's the challenge I'm trying to change right now. My mission is to, is to, propel the best people in the sector stand them out amongst the people that don't want to be seen because I guarantee they like I say media content will not replace the recruiter but the recruiter who uses media will replace the one that won't that's, yeah. it. that's a fact that will happen so Amen to that. I want to I want to power that I want to be behind that that's my mission I think you are sure I'm trying I'm trying Look, Matt absolute pleasure if anyone's listened as always wants to work for Eames or even just wants to pick your brains is LinkedIn a good spot to drop you a Absolutely, note Absolutely, yeah. LinkedIn, I'm on there, obviously. Yeah, and I'd yeah. welcome it.
1: Actually, off the back of the last um, episode that we did, I had a few people contact me just to kind of pick my brains on their business. And they, a couple of people had a small small startups. They just wanted to know how we'd scaled and some of the pitfalls, mm-hmm. etc. So I was delighted about that. And I'm more than happy to field any kind of calls or questions. So yeah. Amazing.
0: Legend. Well, look, thank you so much. Let's get you back on in a couple of years and good luck with everything you've got. Thank yeah. you,
1: Sean. Yeah, you too.
0: Thank you as always for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future, and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode is brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Oxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So, we are working with over two hundred agencies and two thousand recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written, video, podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. and would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week on LinkedIn. I'll see you soon.